Hello and welcome back to the CyberSock podcast with me, Adam. And me, Ryan. We had a brief break over the Easter holidays. Just before that, we'd finished the project that we've been referencing and discussing in the last few episodes of the podcast. Mm-hmm. And last week, we've done a three-day hackathon with the university. We have, and I am absolutely wrecked now. So <laughs> I don't know how useful I'm going to be in this podcast, but I'll try. <laughs> Poor Ryan had to wake up at eight three days in a row. <laughs> yeah, and that's well. If for anyone who knows me, they know that that's very early for me. <laughs> so uh, I'm not in the best of moods today. <laughs> I I was exceptionally tired over the three day period, but I'm doing very well today. Had a long sleep. Well, I'm glad you're doing well. <laughs> I can't relate. <laughs> We're almost finished now, Adam. Can you believe it? Yeah. It's both felt quite long and in many ways quite short. The time <laughs> right. we've had at university, I think. Yeah, because well, we're basically finished. All we have left to do is just some reports and stuff now. No exams mm. for us. Because we finished a big project, done a hackathon. So we're pretty much there now, which just feels yeah. crazy to me. Then off into the real world. Christ. <laughs> Scary. <laughs> yeah, I have enjoyed myself, I think, this semester. It's been quite hands-on compared to other semesters, I feel. Yeah, it's well, it's certainly been different because we did the whole of last year online, mm-hmm. as you know, everyone else in the country. So it's quite abrupt to be back in Cardiff, back in Newport for this last semester. And particularly the hackathon has been quite hands-on, quite intense, I think. Yeah, we had the project, we've had the hackathon. Not so much focus on learning, but focus on actually making things. Uh, So it's been very in the spirit of the NSA to finish off this way. Yeah, I enjoyed it though. I I think the hackathon we just did was a project set out by the Newport City Council about trying to make the city greener using um, these emerging technologies that we've been taught over the past month or two. So in Newport, there's a brand new renovated market called the Newport Market, which is quite fancy, Mm. kind of hipstery on the inside. If you're ever in the area, I would recommend visiting it. Yeah, go for a lunch. Yeah, when when I went there, I had a great time and the food's really nice. So this is a little promo for Newport Market. (laughs) (laughs) Not spawn. Not spawn, but they're welcome to spawn us. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, so what we were looked at was how could we improve this? How could we, how could we bring this up further using emerging technologies yeah and the idea we came up with was virtual shopping a virtual newport market exactly it's quite busy this newport market as well uh, especially it's very new so it's quite a attraction for locals and a lot of people are traveling there possibly make it unwanted unnecessary journeys and we're trying to rule these out with our virtual shopping technology by allowing people to visit the market and surrounding high street areas in virtual reality and shop from the comfort of their own home. Mm-hmm. It was a very fun little project to work on. Um, and then at the end, you presented it. Yes. The speech I just gave there describing it, I tried not to slip back into the script mm-hmm. <laughs> that I was given. The majority of our time was spent working on the presentation, really. Particularly yours, mine and another team member. Yeah, because it was hard for us to all kind of be on the programme inside of it, I think, for what we were doing. We had one person doing the VR and the rest of us were kind of prepping the presentation, basically, and making sure that that was watertight. Yeah, and I think that's a good strategy. That was the most important part of the project, 
was actually just how we presented it, not the product itself. Yes. It felt a bit like you were the president and I was like one of your assistants <laughs> just following you around, <laughs> amping you up. <laughs> Especially when you were there in your in your suit. <laughs> yes, I did dress up for the, the final showcase. Yes. Just to be different. You know, it's always good to stand out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I found it I found it really useful. I thought the time we spent prepping, particularly your help in that, Ryan, just giving tips, writing the script, doing the points for me, you know, giving pointers on what to do next. I thought that was very helpful. Yeah, I think before we go too deep into that, let's just introduce what we want to talk about today, which is presentation skills. Yes. So since our last episode, we've had two presentations. We had the presentation for the end of our project. That was a long presentation. It was about an hour and a half. It was online. And that was kind of a live demonstration as well of everything we achieved over the project. And then we had our hackathon presentation, which was five minutes, so extremely short, in person. And we kind of wanted to talk about some of the skills we've learned about how to present effectively. Uh, we're not experts. We're not saying we're no. experts. It's just some things that we think are useful when presenting. Yeah, Ryan led that first long online one, and then I led the hackathon short one. We both did it in very different ways. Yeah, I mean, because for our project presentation, I was kind of leading that. I did the introduction and things. And I had, at least for the intro part, I did have a script of pretty much exactly what I was going to say. We had a PowerPoint that we were kind of working with as well. And I was there to introduce the project and talk about the problem and why we were solving it and how we were planning to go about it. And I just kind of read from my script. But I think there is a skill to reading from a script. <laughs> yeah. You've seen a lot of presentations, you know, in the past where people can read from a script and it's very monotonous and it's very obvious that they are reading from a script, right? Yeah, I find it difficult to read and speak at the yeah. same time. Because yes. you sometimes I concentrate on reading too much mm-hmm. and not on speaking. I don't think that makes sense, but you can kind of stumble over your words a bit. Yeah, I think it is hard to do. I don't know if I'm biased, Adam, but I think I did quite well at that. <laughs> I thought it was an excellent presentation, honestly. I thought it was very good. <laughs> I don't think it was obvious that I was reading from a script. When I write little scripts for like segments like this, obviously it's very easy to do online because no one can tell that you're reading from a script as long as you deliver it in the correct way, as long as you deliver it in a natural way where they would never tell that you read it from a script. So I'll put filler words in my script and I'll put parts where I need to like stop and breathe or whatever. So I I kind of write it how I would speak normally. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I think stopping and breathing particularly is important. Getting the right cadence to your speech is important. Yes, and that's something you can link to both online and in-person presentations is speaking slowly especially when you're nervous in front of a lot of people it's very easy to speak very quickly and that kind of puts the listeners off I think when you speak so quickly you need to kind of slow it down let them breathe and take in what you're saying and if there are silences that's fine you know there's nothing wrong with Mm. the silence a silence can be very powerful yeah let them some time to think and digest what you're saying Yeah, I thought the way Ryan performed that online presentation was very good. I think the way you 
handled it because you served as kind of a hub on that presentation we did all speak so each member of the team went through our parts of the presentation but we kind of linked ourselves back to you at the end yeah i somehow became the host of the presentation even though that wasn't planned it just all kept coming back to me (laughs) you were holding us together it was a strong performance i don't know why but i really feel like i've become really good at doing online presentations I don't feel that way about doing in-person ones. That still scares me. But online ones, I feel like no fear for. I feel like I can do it very easily and it doesn't make me nervous either. And I think I do it well. Yeah, I think we really differ on that point, which Mm -hmm. is interesting. I really don't like online presentations. I really enjoy presenting and doing things in person and I can see the audience and things. But doing things online, I've never felt that I come away from that thinking I've done well I always think I do well I think in online presentations (laughs) it was a slower kind of growth for me there I think because I'd, I'd never done an online presentation until you know the pandemic started and lockdowns came in it was that first project with you actually where we were doing our first online presentations yeah and I don't think they started off well you know compared to how I present online now I think I present much better online yeah. But I think at that time it was not the case. And I think it's the same for both online and in person. It's just all about practice. You just have to practice presenting until you become better and it's just easy for you. That's the advice commonly given, isn't it? Just just keep doing it and you'll, you'll become second nature. I find a strange comfort to, to doing presentations. I feel different to how I talk normally. There's kind of a switch that goes on when I'm in like presentation mode and I speak differently and I kind of act differently, I think. Yeah, well, I think it comes back to that of trying to calm yourself and how you're speaking and speaking slowly, trying to speak confidently. You have to kind of force yourself, I think, to speak in a way that's a bit different than how you normally speak, right? Yeah, it's difficult to describe how I see it and think of it because it is, it's not me it's just like I've turned a switch on and I've become, oh, I'm speaking now. I'm I'm doing this with my voice. Yeah, it's it's an act. Yes. I was kind of feeling that way when I was doing my intro in the presentation because how I was speaking is not how I speak normally. I did put on a bit of an act for it. Maybe that's just part of it. <laughs> I think so, yeah. I think that's why I prefer doing things in person because it's easier to put on that act when you're in front of uh, particularly lots of people if it's just like one or two people it's harder to do that as well see i i just like don't agree with you here at all Mm. because i find it so much easier online first of all anyway but also i much prefer it one-to-one because you can have a more intimate kind of presentation (laughs) with them and you know it's kind of more focused and targeted than when you're just presenting in front of lots of people I suppose, yeah, I think we think of it in different ways because if it was one-to-one, I would just be shouting at one person. <laughs> but if it's a big hall of people, then it's more natural because you're more detached. When it's a lot of people, it, it doesn't trigger, like, all this is a person. You're like, well, it's just, you know. This is just an entity. <laughs> yeah. I think it's important to tell a story as well when you're presenting. So leading the listeners along a story of what your product is and why you're making it and the problems you're solving yeah and then to show passion through that as well 
Yeah, I think it's really important to be enthusiastic about what you're saying. It seems as though you believe what you're doing is the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah, I mean, it's an act, right? And you have to use, for lack of a better term, you have to use your body in a way, so to speak, right? (laughs) Yes. Use your voice effectively. That's something I find easier in person as well, because when I'm standing up, it feels easier to present. When I'm sitting down in front of a computer, I I don't feel as there. But when you're standing up and you're moving your hands around you use your hands and you're walking and move, about. Yep. Yeah. And to use your voice effectively as well. So to switch up the cadence and the tone of your voice throughout the presentation is quite useful. Looking people in the eye, not kind of hiding behind your screen and just staring at your screen or your script if you have one on notes. Yeah, I think that's why it's important to have a good grip on what you're having to say. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of focus on these other things. You want to practice it kind of a lot in your own time, on your own, just saying the words over and over again so it becomes stuck in your brain. Just having the points, the broad points. So I prefer having broader points that I lead into improvisationally, just on the moment. But I think if you know where you're going with those things, then you can also have brain space to think about, okay, I'm going to walk over here, I'm going to like open my hands out and look at this person in the eye. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you take a different approach there to me. I understand we only had a short amount of time as well. Yes. But because you did that entire five-minute presentation. But if I was to do a five-minute presentation in that way, I would have written a script and I would have attempted at least to learn the entire script. And I would just reel it off, you know, from my brain. I don't think it's that bad to kind of stand there with flashcards or notes. Uh, I understand you, you didn't want that. You just wanted to improv it in a way from the points that you'd learned from what you wanted to say right yeah in my experience of doing these kind of things in the past having bullet point notes in really easy to read large text just on on a table next to you or something you can refer to is really really helpful i don't see anything wrong with having say like a flashcard sized or index card in your hand of notes And as long as you still do all the other things that we mentioned, so walking around and smiling, changing your voice, slowing it down, you know, interacting with the audience. But as long as you still have that all going for you, I see nothing wrong with having a little flashcard of notes, not to read from, but to keep you on track with the points that you want to say. Reminders in case you forget certain things, you know. And I'm, I'm talking very limited notes. You would have maybe other notes for learning from. But these would be specifically for your presentation, just as reminders of things to say. It could just be one word, key words that are reminders of full sentences that you already know from learning a more full note, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think if there was more time, I would have gone about it slightly differently. I would have had a script that Mm -hmm. I was learning and I'd have kept practicing it. And the things that I kept forgetting would just be on a list of keywords that I should say. Yeah, I think that would have been better. I'll still say, though, that it was very good. There was nothing really wrong with it. And, you know, it's easier for me to critically analyse it, analyse your presentation, because I knew what was on that original list of notes of things you needed to say. So when you didn't say something, you and me knew that you didn't say it, but no one else in the room knew that you know (laughs) yeah 
I think that PowerPoints are quite a controversial topic in presentations these days. Yeah, I, I harbour strong opinions about PowerPoints. I think for, you know, us as software engineers, it's quite rare for us to make PowerPoints, really, because we will yeah. just show a live demonstration rather than walking through a PowerPoint, which also I feel like is part of how I became more confident in speaking about these things is because it's quite easy to just talk about work you've made and features you've added compared to like leading a presentation. That's a very different kind of uh, skill and way of speaking, I think, compared to just showing something you've made, right? Show and tell. Yeah, I think so. I think it's unfortunate the education system puts far too much emphasis on making PowerPoints. It is actual <laughs> madness how much time that I spent making PowerPoints. For every lesson under the sun, we, <laughs> we would make a PowerPoint presentation for it. And so everyone now thinks, well, to do a presentation, you need to make a PowerPoint and put yeah. all this information on it. And I don't think that's always needed. And I think it can detract a lot of the time from your presentation. Yeah, it depends. I think, you know, the PowerPoints can be a useful tool. It's quite nice to show pictures and a brief meaning of what you're talking about on screen. But I think what its main benefit could be is for you as the speaker to keep you on track of what you should be saying. <laughs> and reminders, almost like the index card of on screen that other people can see as well. In the online presentation, when you were leading most of it, you handled the PowerPoint as well. I press click, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But whereas in the in-person one, you still did next slide and things, but I, I had nothing to do with it. And in fact, I couldn't even see the PowerPoint. It was completely behind me. That was an issue, actually, because you said something at one point that you'd never said before, but you said, like, Newport Market, as you can see here, and it wasn't even on the screen. <laughs> did I? Yeah. And you've never said that before. You did a lot of brand new things in that presentation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, so that's, that's the problem with my way of, well, I don't know if it's my way of doing it as much as it's what I ended up doing, given the time constraints and the nature of what we were doing. And there was nothing wrong with what you did. You know, it was fine. Just because I'd seen you do it so many times in the practice runs as well, that I could compare it in that way, you know. I think if you were doing it on your own, the slides would have prompted you to say certain things rather than me on the slides trying to follow along with what you're saying as you're kind of yeah. improving your way along <laughs> it's more difficult i think yeah maybe maybe it would have been better like that hmm. um and i didn't have the brain power for that when i was presenting but i i'm quite anti powerpoint and i think people should be focusing on you presenting and what you're saying if there's dense information that needs to be written down, you know, that's an email or that's a handout or something. Yeah, I mean, a slide of stats isn't very fun to look at, but I think with what we did with our PowerPoint, it was basically just photos with, like, one sentence on it. Yeah. And that was each slide. There was no long list of facts, no diagrams. It was literally just a stock photo with a sentence. Yeah. And it was just kind of to lead along with our story that we were telling of how we were solving the problem, right? I think that makes it a bit more fun to look at compared to, you know, blocks of text are not very interesting for a viewer to look at. Yeah. And it, as you say, it distracts away from the speaker with our kind of slides that we had. The focus was always on you, basically, especially as you were roaming around, moving your <laughs> hands. Yeah, although I think... I think that changes when it is an online presentation. When you're in the room, people can look at you. 
But when it's online and people are just looking at your face in a box, along with everyone else's faces in boxes, having a PowerPoint makes more sense because then it's something for everyone to look at. Yes. I mean, when you present online, it's completely different to what I just described because the presentation takes almost the full space of the screen, doesn't it? Yeah, and you can have more information on there because people can read it. It's on their screen. Yes, and your face is included equally with everyone else's face, usually, um, depending on the software you're using, I guess. But having the PowerPoint as the focus there is a different style of PowerPoint that you would use in an in-person presentation, I think. So I think you can afford to have more information in an online presentation because the focus is less on you as the speaker the focus is more on the presentation or the PowerPoint that they see with your voice leading it behind. It's a different style. Yeah, I've always kind of liked doing presentations. It's something that makes me a bit weird. I think most people fall into the camp of not enjoying public speaking. It's just about the confidence of I'm going to do it. It'll be fine. It'll be great. If you focus on the positives, I think you end up doing a much better presentation and you have a much more enjoyable time and people can see that. Yes, you have to have the confidence. And if you don't have the confidence, you have to fake that you have the confidence. Yeah. Force yourself into it. Believing that you're the best. Knowing knowing that you're probably not the best, but believing you are. Be a version of you that you're not if you're very nervous about doing it. Just push yourself into it and just putting on a persona of the confident person who's ready to present, who knows all the facts. Yeah, thinking of the well-known one is someone like Steve Jobs you know when you think of someone really presenting well owning the stage I think that's what comes to my mind at least just like pretend you're that kind of person yeah I think it always comes down to you know beyond confidence and faking it till you make it so to speak is practice not just practicing on your own although that is useful but practice you know in real situations as you do more and more presentations you'll become better and better at them it's just a fact if i look back at the you know the presentation we did in our first year we did one together yeah i had had a five-year break between leaving school and coming to university i was so nervous for doing that presentation i'm kind of like a full 180 from that now you know i i don't really feel that nervous around presentations anymore and it's, I think it is just because of that practice element. I've done lots of presentations now over the last three years as part of, you know, client projects that we've done at the NSA, as well as the summer research placements that we've done with the university. And we've just had a lot of opportunities to practice doing presentations. So it's, you know, really prepared us there to, to do them in the real world, I think. So I think that about wraps up our thoughts on our presentations. Yeah, I don't know if anyone found that useful, but I hope there might be one or two salient points in that. Yeah, and you know, as I said earlier, we're definitely not experts. We still have lots to learn, actually. You know, yeah. <laughs> we're not amazing at presentations, but these are just some of the things that we've learned over three years of doing our presentations at the NSA, the National Software Academy, and hopefully some of these points will be useful to you. Yeah, thank you for joining me, Ryan. Goodbye. Goodbye.